This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Are you thinking about doing your own podcast, but you don't know how? Well, have you heard about Anchor? It's actually the platform that I'm hosting through this right now. And yes, it's free. Not only is it free, it's super easy to use. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more. It's really that easy. And guess what? You can actually make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's a big deal. So it's really everything you need in one place to make an amazing podcast. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. In five, four, three, two, one. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Genius Brain Podcast in our new podcast office. We are moving on the fuck wow. up. Wow. Yeah, man. So I've been. Uh, I think Mariel got a little tired of uh, <laughs> me bringing strangers into the house. <laughs> it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Not not only that, you know, like y'all y'all can't get any private time. So I totally understand, man. But I actually like the fact that we have an office now because it feels professional. It feels professional, but I still dress it up like a living room. <laughs> hey, you're on brand, dude. Don't make the same mistake we did. We fucking went hardcore. We spent hundreds of thousands of dollars building that fucking JK News set, right? Only to find out 80% of our fans absolutely hated it. But low-key, though, I fucking hated it, too. Okay, so for people who don't have, have never watched JK News, which if you guys don't know what that is, so... Uh, so there's some people who have been watching that, finding out or finding about this podcast without knowing who we are. Oh, okay. So um, Joe and I are, are YouTubers, Um Originally, that's what we started at. And so there was this channel called JK News that's still going on today that's fucking really dope. Um, and David just, was a big part of that. You yeah. know, we, 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 it's just basically we get together, we talk in a circle, and we talk <laughs> about the news. That's all it is. Exactly. And uh, <laughs> so, you know, when the channel started doing really well, you know, I think for our personal dreams, we're like, okay, let's fucking step this game up. And, you know, Bart and Joe wanted to take it to the next level, which was like fucking lobs, lights, cameras, action, doing all this shit because the channel was doing so well. We released one episode and everybody thought it sucked dick. It was so much money. It was pretty bad. Like, I didn't realize how much people hated it. They were like, yeah, we fucking hate this setup. It's so weird. And I, I mean, it's it's very distant, too. Yeah. And it feels cold, like a news set. Like, it took all the elements of what made JK News great, like the closeness and the depth and then the, the, the YouTube real raw feel. Yeah. And it took it into a corporate space, and it made it seem so stale. And I was like, fuck, we fucked up. Because I think that was our first lesson in not being able to um, understand our fan base and looking back, I think it's like a, a everyone goes to this stage, right, of business development. Like there's a stage where you kind of satisfy your ego. Yeah. And you're like, we're coming up now. So like we need to be fancy now. Mm -hmm. We need to do a lot of things. But in reality, like all we had to do is probably make the set look a little bit better. You know, like there, there's probably just a few tweaks we needed to do. But people came for the channel for the realness of it. Yeah. And what we did is we took that realness out. Yeah. Yeah. But that was a hard lesson learned and and you know, I just take it as a as a loss and go, but um that's the one thing about I guess business ownership is you have to kind of like realize the losses 
and can you stomach the pain because it doesn't just always go up yeah yeah i mean that's that's the 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 good life lesson for us anyways and for you guys too was just yeah we i it was that satisfying ego part that was really hard yeah. um even for me like on the channel uh i stopped doing these you know, channel vlogs and stuff uh, at a certain point because like, oh, I should be doing something better. But the reason why people were coming onto this channel was because people wanted to see that stuff. Yeah. They liked that personability. They liked that, the, those videos. Now, I don't do it as much now, not because I don't want to do it. Um, I started trying doing it again. It's just now we're taking that content and putting it to podcast stuff, which which for me is better because instead of having sound bites, I could, I could thoroughly explain myself. <laughs> yeah, I think like where you do best is when you're able to like really marinate on a topic and talk about it without a time restraint. Yeah. Because a lot of things get taken out of context and you can't really explain yourself fully. So that's what probably happened a lot on JK News. It's like we only got like 12 minutes and there's six people fighting for attention. Yeah. And sometimes we don't do a good job, you know, explaining everything and then there's backlash or whatever. But with a podcast, we got as much time as we want. Exactly. So we we have a thought and we could thoroughly explain the process to how we got to our conclusion. And if somebody has a, a different thought process behind it, which still fucking happens now where people don't listen to the full podcast and they, they only hear a oh part of it God. and they get upset. So I had um, uh, Chris Sosan here, yeah. right? And it's funny too because he he it was a really great podcast. It just came up recently where he was talking about his, his cheating. So Chris... Uh, cheated on his girlfriend twice. Oh, shit. And she stuck around and she's trying to help better him and figure out why he's doing this. Wow, what a good woman. Yeah, yeah. and you know, and I think a lot of people have, you know, in the comments, they're like, oh, he doesn't deserve her. They're going to break up either way. They don't know what a healthy relationship is. And and what I'm finding out too is that when, when they listen to the podcast, sometimes people get heated up because they've been through those personal experiences oh. themselves and they write the comment before they actually get to hear the whole podcast. Yeah. So they're like, so they're like talking as if while they're listening. I think so, oh. yeah. And it's like, like, well, he doesn't – he's not taking responsibility. Yeah, he is taking responsibility. If you listen to the whole podcast, he's taking responsibility and he's very grateful to have somebody who, who will stick around with him even though he's broken. Mm. And so like I read this comment which was kind of entertaining um, in the sense of how naive this person was. They were like, this is why you don't – this is why you don't get together people who aren't complete projects. It's like, oh, people are – complete projects that's how you view things like you find a perfect person exactly it's like i don't every person is a broken piece of shit bag <laughs> like what are you talking about exactly. fool? have you lived life i name me one person who doesn't have trauma baggage issues mm -hmm. everybody got something yeah you're a fucking idiot yeah and when, <laughs> when i fucking read that i was like it's, it's funny because you're saying good luck to them in a sarcastic way as in, oh, good luck finding anybody to be with somebody like you. And I'm thinking oh to you, God. like, good luck you finding somebody to be with. Somebody has to be with you, uh, a human being who judges somebody based on them being a perfect person, which doesn't exist. It doesn't. Good luck to whoever you're with. That's probably just an incel that's never been in a relationship. A thousand percent, dude. They have this false fucking imagery of what a person is and... It's like even to call per somebody a perfect project, it's like, is that how you view people that you're with? It's it's a very weird thing to say. It's like, you're going to find out too, when you get with somebody, you have this image of what you think perfection is. And then when you fall in love, you find out that your vision of perfection was wrong. And that person is going to instill life lessons in you, just like you will for them. And that's that's the funny thing. It's like, everybody has this weird thought of what they think that they want, but you don't know until you're in the thick of it. Because I, in yeah, my, me growing that's up, true. even some of my friends like, yo, I would have never thought that you would have ended up with a girl like Mario because oh. the type of women that I dated. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it was like, uh, 
yeah, I would have never thought too. Yeah. Like, I would ever never thought it would have been this this Korean girl that's you know, she's very goofy and stuff, but you know, she like loves Disney. She's very innocent. That's not the women that people usually saw me with. Mm. But I never knew what I wanted until it was presented to me. And I didn't have this concept of, of her having to be a perfect human being. We just kind of grew together and we figured it out as we went. You yeah, know? that's true. And I think it's a part of maturity too. Because, you know, like when the early stages, you're like, oh man, that girl premium. And yeah. you're just looking at her looks. Yeah. Like when, I mean, guys are fucking idiots, dude. Like we'll be like, oh man, she's so fine. And then you value women from their looks. You go, oh, you could do better, homie. It's like, what are you talking about better? Like, she might be hot as hell, but she might be really fucked up in the head. Yeah. You don't know. Is that better? Really? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if you're just thinking about sex, maybe. But then there's so many to it, right? But then in the very be- beginning stages, you're like, I want some perfect grade A pussy. <laughs> you say some stupid shit, right? <laughs> Well, at least the guys I was around, they were like straight brutes. I think most guys were like that. Yeah. And then later on, you go, oh, my God. Like, you know, relationships. You want someone to balance you out. You want someone who's a life partner. And most guys, I think, they're just literally thinking from their dicks. Yeah. And as much as guys say, no, I don't. I'm nice. I want romance. You're still thinking from your fucking dick. Because there's a lot of guys out there that are like um, falling in love. And already planning marriage and already so fucking obsessed with a girl that they shouldn't even be with. Oh, 100%. But they're convincing yeah. themselves that they're like, oh, you know, we're so in love. And a girl's like either like, I didn't even know you liked me like that. Or, you know, they're actually in a relationship and she's not the right one, but she's the only one that'll keep his dick wet. So he's just so sprung on it. Yeah. It's fucking ridiculous, dude. A lot of people shouldn't be together, but they are. You know, there was this uh, one girl that I was with. Um I think I literally I talked about it with uh, Gabo when he was here, but this girl's fucking buff. This bitch, she <laughs> I, lifted you up, dog. I think <laughs> so. The first time I ever met her, she was wearing a. <laughs> she lifted me up. That'd be fucking funny. <laughs> she, uh, she was. I met her at Halloween, and yeah. she was wearing this naughty nun outfit, and that's all it took. Wow. And I was like, I mean, that's all it sometimes <laughs> takes for me now. I was like, I want this bitch. That's the first thing I thought. Be like something about you. I think you're uh, marriage material. <laughs> yeah. I want you. And she was like the most uh, damaged human being I've ever been with in my life. It makes it tough, man. Dog. First of all, a lot of pressure. She was the, she was like, when we first started dating, she goes, she goes, you know, you're the only Asian person I've been with. And she's a Filipino girl. I was like, well, who else you been with? She goes, only black guys. And I was like, well, you're going to be surprised. <laughs> Let me let me show you let me show you the size difference, lady. Maybe six foot one, but the dick ain't the dick don't match the rest of it. <laughs> so she was like, I was the, her first non-black boyfriend. Wow, ever, right? So I was she like, had, she had a black fetish, or she just grew up around black guys. Nah, I like, think she just liked black dudes. Oh. Like, that was like her shit. Um, so like she was, uh, and when we were going out. I, I started to realize number one, like she had daddy issues. Oh. She had she grew up in a very cultish type of religion. It was, yeah. you know, like it's 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 like a form of Christianity. It's like a Filipino one, Iglesia. Oh something. yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. That one. So they're, I guess, from what she was telling me, and you know, if you are of this religion uh, and it offends you, I don't. What the fuck can I tell you? I don't know. This is based on my memory, but they were like, there's like this whole thing of like, whoever donates more money has more power in the church and type of shit mm-hmm. like that. And so she... Which is most religions. Yeah. So she, you know, so she had like this whole weird... Oh, and also too, like, uh, if you're in that religion, um, there was another girl in my school that that was also part of that religion. A lot of Filipino people are part of it. But you couldn't dance with somebody else and you couldn't touch. 
So when they when she would go to prom and stuff, I always thought it was weird that she wouldn't dance with anybody. It's because it was against religion. She wasn't allowed to dance with anybody. What's up with these religions sucking the fun out of life? I don't man. fucking know, dude. Why do cults love doing that shit? I, don't, I let me take everything that's joyful and fucking make it not allowed like make it illegal yeah she couldn't dance she couldn't like have any type of physical touch or shit some shit like that and so that's what she was a part of but she we, we she and i went through some fucking drama because she was so damaged that she the only way she equated affection was through sex now you would think that's as a, wonderful as a young person you would love that shit yeah. right but she wanted to fuck all the fucking oh, time. Oh, she was too horny. And I was doing stand up. Yeah. I was I was too working tired. two jobs yeah. and I was a full time student. That's a lot of that's a lot of young man work, man. That, I was in that I was too lazy. <laughs> I I could have I could have I would have been like, yeah, let's fuck all the time, which I did <laughs> at that age. I was too tired, dude. Yeah. And so like for her, she felt like, you know, I didn't really she didn't feel attractive because we weren't like physically oh. when we first started it was like that too, but then I would be sacrificing, you know, slots doing stand up, just hanging out with her. I did notice that about women that are really good looking is um they're so used to guys just fucking wanting like they, don't, them. they don't have to work. They, they just they, they're just constantly wanting to fuck the crap out of them. So like, so if you don't give them that same attention, like they don't feel worthy anymore. They don't feel value. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. Yeah, man. it's like you know, it's it's just a weird thing. Whatever has happened to her when she was younger probably affected how she views herself as a woman now. I think the woman I'm gonna marry is probably gonna be ugly as fuck, <laughs> Why but a complete genius. <laughs> you can't be. You can't gonna, have a pretty smart girl. No, nope, she's gonna be uh, like super ugly, dude. And then, but just like a complete fucking genius, like just amazingly brilliant. You don't want somebody too smart, though, man. I want someone Stephen Hawking smart, dude. What <laughs> What I mean by too smart is like you. You want somebody to at least understand you a little bit emotionally. Oh well, I want them to be emotionally intelligent. That's hard to have, though. It is right, but like, I don't know, man. Trying find, to produce fucking future Nobel Peace Prize winners, you know what I mean? Like I find a lot of hyper intelligent people are emotionally fucking fucked. Oh yeah, they're all fucking emotionally fucked because it's like I think that's like God's balance. So he'll give you some shit, but he'll take away a lot yeah. of other stuff too. You know? Yeah, that's true. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I think I'm more emotionally intelligent, yeah. and I'm just more of a hard worker, right? But oh, then yeah. when it comes to like being hyper intelligent, I don't have the brain capacity for that shit. My brain shuts off. Like, I don't even try to deal with that shit. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I don't even know what I want, man. I, I'm not even in that realm because, you know, I'm the breakup's still fresh for me. Um, yeah, I was in Vietnam and, like, it was... Dude, it was, you were no mad dog. You met, you met the fucking, uh, the prince of fucking Vietnam. <laughs> you met up with fucking yeah, TK, TK, dude. TK's fucking cool, man. Yeah, dude. TK, I, he built a club from scratch on yeah. a rooftop. I thought he was just a he manager of a club. No, that, I told you. He was oh. the, remember I told you, like, if you meet up with TK, yeah. he's the prince of Vietnam. Like, people say that's Danny Doe. No. But it's TK. It's different. Yeah, TK's cool, man. And... You know, he uh, he showed me around. He took care of me. He got me a, a little hookup with the Sheraton and, and, and not trying and shit. And I stayed for free. And That's tight. It was awesome, dude. Um, yeah. And, you know, I feel like my value is just higher over there. Yeah. Because one, like. You're taller than everybody else. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually average height and taller. Yeah. TK's a tall motherfucker. That yeah. was six foot something. Yeah, he's tall. He's taller than me. Yeah. But, um. Well, I think there's a lot of things working for me, right? It's uh, the dating scene is just different 
and and I think that this this kind of the way that people date in Asia is different from the way that they date in America. Mm-hmm. This podcast is brought to you by Raycon, baby. Well, check this out, my friend. There's no need to get crazy this year. I'm letting you know ahead of time about an amazing Black Friday slash Cyber Monday deal on something you're actually going to use every single day. A pair of wireless earbuds or headphones from Raycon. I have been using Raycon earbuds for a minute now. Um, I walk daily and on my daily walks, I need some music. I need some podcasting. I need some genius brain podcasting. And I hate wires. I don't want a wire dangling about my face when I'm on these walks. And when I take it out and then I put it in my pocket, it's not going to get tangled up. So I always use my Raycon earbuds, specifically my Raycon E25. The sound quality is great. And the great thing about Raycon earbuds is that you get high quality premium audio at about half the price. And they look really cool. So check out. The best deal in premium audio just got even better for Black Friday. And trust me, you do not want to sleep on this one. Go to buyraycon.com slash brain to check out Raycon's Black Friday and Cyber Monday savings. I can't even tell you how good these deals will be. You will have to check them out on the site. That's buyraycon.com slash brain to get an amazing Black Friday deal on Raycon's buyraycon.com slash brain. Western style of dating is like i think it's it's first and foremost uh everyone's looking for love everyone's looking well aside from fucking around right if if you're looking for a committed relationship or you know maybe you want good company or whatever like the ultimate goal is romance love and maybe like future commitments right yeah but there's passion behind it sure there's gold digging here and there but even gold diggers don't want to admit that they're gold digging they want to hide that fact. Yeah. In Asia, girls are very fucking upfront. Oh, it's like, I want your money. They're, how much do you make? Fucking, like, can I marry this guy? Like, it is a very, and I, and I realized, like, this oh, has I been a constant that. thing for every country that I've been to, like Hong Kong or China or, like, Vietnam or whatever. Um, they're more bolder and more open when it comes to, what do you got for me? But not in that way. You know, they're gauging like their future with you it's very transactional it's very and i think that love is a luxury of the rich like only rich people have this freedom to pursue um you know romance and love in that way it's it's just expressed differently dude you know what's so funny every time i hear the story about an older asian couple choosing love over what their family wanted they always end up being poor It's always like it's always like I came from a rich noble family that I met your father yeah. and I fell in love and now we're dirt fucking poor. Yeah. It's like, well, bad choice, mom. What the fuck? And then they look at each other and we don't love each other anymore. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> it's like you at least should have chose the money then. Fuck, man. Yeah, there's always an element. Well, here's what I think it is too. It's because um you're dealing with a developing country mm-hmm. and their dating world is different from a like a like a like a country that's like like first world problems right like in our country women have more i guess like freedom and yeah. being able to work and earn a living for themselves and 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 do all this stuff and and um we live fairly pretty well compared to these other countries and so like they have the freedom to like earn on their own and they're like i want something from a man that i can't get on my own 
I want affection. I want all that. Like, I want company in that way. Um, but I can make my own money. So, like, there's more of an independent, strong woman kind of mentality here, right? Mm-hmm. Even though some people are like, yeah, I want to eventually get married. But they still don't do it for, like, how do I get out of poverty? Or how do I get into this, like, rich family? Like, I feel like that is very secondary, Women look for a partner that they love and they want to be with. And then if he just so happens to be rich, what a win-win situation. Yeah. You know, at least that's the facade or at least that's the that's the narrative that people want to believe in the States. Right. But out in Asia, people are boldly like, nah, dude, like I want a rich husband. Hmm. I want a better life. I want this. Oh, he's got a passport. Fuck. Yeah. I want to be American. Take me to America with you. And it's, um, you know, it's just different. I'm just like, wow, like this is. Do you feel like that, that kind of, um, because me- it, it, it's funny because I think when people listen to that, they go, oh, that takes away what marriage is actually supposed to be about. But actually that is originally what marriage was for. It is. You're that, right. That was the actual reason. It was a binding contract and it was for wealth purposes. It yeah. was, it was, it was to see what you could offer somebody and take away and build family wealth. Dude, my friend was going to take me to a party like the first weekend there. I fucking fell asleep early. And then he was like, man, it's fucking easy to get pretty company out here. And I'm like, really? Like, he's like, yeah, man, you just go up to, um, you know, any of these girls, you hit it off. uh, And then you say, hey, man, I'm going to be going to these freaking like resorts and whatever. If you want to come along with me, you know, I mean, you could do that here. But there's but, no weird stigma about that shit, right? Yeah, it's yeah. Just, but uh, I mean, I'm sure it's out there too. But what I realize is they're more socially liberated than Asian Americans here. And that blew my fucking mind. Because out there, you could be like, yeah, so I'm going to do these trips. You want to roll? And then they'll be like, fuck yeah, let's fucking roll. And you party with them, fuck, whatever, hang out. And this, now, I'm, don't get me wrong. They do the same shit here, right? But I don't think it's as common and as frequent. Yeah. Whereas out there, they're like, yeah, fuck yeah, let's fucking go. Let's let's roll. Let's fucking stay at these resorts. It's almost like you got groupies and shit. Mm. And then they'll be your company for like, um, you know, during that time. So you get it's it's almost like but out here, you got to have money. It's like the status is different. Right. So I know there's a lot of rich dudes that are mega rich that are bringing girls on their yachts and they're like all they got to do is like yo man i'm gonna be going to fucking miami you girls want to come let's do it but the level of stardom and money and and game just has to be way more yeah over over in vietnam you could be like joe schmo but it's like you have some cash it's like yo let's go party and they're like i'm down let's fucking let's go yeah well out there we're not joe schmoes i think that's the difference right okay so out there, like, I think my value as a human being just became higher because the passport thing, because, oh. like, I'm hanging out with celebrities or whatever. But at the same time, I saw guys do this. Like, after, I didn't believe it at first. And then later, like, we would meet, um, you know, like, either expats, like, uh, or Vietnamese Americans or Vietnamese Australians or whatever guys that are just hanging out there. And then I'd witness this firsthand. They'll just meet a girl and they'll be like, da 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 da, bam, they're with them. Dude, I had this one. This, yeah, it, it was just fucking crazy, man. Like, um, I, I, fuck it, never mind. I'm not gonna open that story up because he might be listening. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
that's fucking crazy, man. Yeah, but it's it to me. I didn't I didn't realize how easy it was, and then he was like, "You should open up t- Tinder." That's how I met my girl, and I'm like, "Are you serious? You're gonna find some wholesome girls?" And his girl was really wholesome. She's really fucking cool. She's not a hooker or anything like that, you know. <laughs> But my impression of Tinder is like, you know, it's a hookup thing. Yeah, you go to hookup, yeah. You hook up. No one's there for serious game or whatever. It's all hoes or whatever. I don't know. I never got on, so I had a stupid-ass idea about it. He goes, you just fucking try it. And I'm, I open it, and I try it, and I get crazy hits. Like, he's like, fuck, dude, that's a lot. Like, and then all these girls want to fucking talk to me. And then it was kind of cool because it's like, oh, girls don't, don't even know my... They're not groupies. They don't know anything about JK. They don't know anything about what I've done. They just want to get to know me. So yeah. they might... They find me attractive. That's fucking dope. But as I'm talking to them one by one, I'm like, you're fucking cute, but you have no substance. You're fucking cute. But like, I mean, yeah, you don't really need substance to chill, but I don't want them to come on vacation with me. Yeah. Or like some of them, their English isn't that good. And immediately when they ask for my Instagram, right, they'll go, oh, wow, you're famous. Give me a shout out. Oh, wow, you're famous. Can you teach me how to be famous? Oh, Oh, wow. Like they immediately just fucking go in for the kill. They ask boldly for shit like that. They're like, oh, are you rich in America? Are you this and that? Like it's 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 it it, it kills the fun for me because it feels like um, they're hoes. And I'm a pimp or like I'm a I'm a guy that's I'm a trick. I'm like paying for them. Yeah. And it's like they're gaining me yeah. like a gold digger. Like I I felt really weird about it. And um, I mean, it all depends on what kind of guy you are. Right. Like me, I like intellectual like back and forths. I like flirting. I like the chase. I like a lot of things that kind of build it up. Yeah. I mean, you're also at a different place in your life now. Um, because if that's the case of what we want, if, if I just wanted somebody to, uh, just fuck around with just because whatever they get some type of high of being off a Z list YouTuber, you know, number one, I'm already, I'm already questioning your credibility as a person. I'm also just Just like me. Yeah. Me. I was like, dude, you should really (laughs) shoot for the stars, bitch. That's the dick that you're going to suck. Come on, man. Like you're aiming low girl. Exactly. Like I'm, I'm already judging you at that point. Right. So for for what we find attractive now too, especially for me, like I like women who are strong, independent and can do their handle their own. Yeah. Doesn't mean that I won't do nice things for the person that I'm with. Yeah. And if I wanted a transaction, I'd get a hooker. Exactly. It'd be way cleaner. Yeah. But I don't, want that you know what i mean like i want i don't want to talk to you i don't want to engage yeah so because of that like i actually man it was difficult dude like there were it was the first time where i'm like wow like i never had genuine girls that don't know who the fuck i am one after the other whether it's the club tinder all these things find me interesting like there was one that was just like i'm at the bar she just comes straight up to me fucking hugs me up i'm like what the fuck this is crazy right just flirting with me and shit and i'm just like but it's weird i think you're trying to take something from me yeah and it's not because you're is it you want to get to know me yeah was it is it is it hard to i find it hard to find somebody attractive not just because of the accent but because I can't communicate with them well. So, That's a big thing. So, yeah. like, I'll be I'll obviously, like, physically attracted. There'll be girls that I'm just like, wow, you're drop-dead gorgeous. What the fuck, right? Yeah. And there was this one time I'm talking to this girl, and we're on Google fucking Translate back and forth. It was kind of cute at first. Yeah. 
And then after a while, I was just like, it's exhausting. I can't do this, man. I can't keep going back fucking, uh, yeah. And then, yeah, I mean, it's cute. And I'm like, all right, girl, I got to move on. Yeah. Like, there's no, there's no chemistry here. It just dies. Yeah. And I, and then my friend's like, just fucking touch her, man. Like, why are you being a fucking bitch? And I'm like, bro, I am past that stage. I've touched a lot of women. Yeah. You know, like, I, I mean, not even to fucking brag. It's like, there's a point where I'm fucking 35. I need more. It's like been there, done that type of shit. Yeah, you know? I, I'm 30. I mean, I need more to feel like there's a stronger connection and energy or it's entertaining at least. Yeah. Like, I'm not trying to be in love. I don't, I don't know if people understand what I'm saying because if I heard this when I was in my 20s, I wouldn't understand. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? The bitch touched you. Let's go fuck. Yeah, but the thing is, you once you achieve a certain level of connection with someone, then um, you just can't go back to empty connections because it's it's not good enough. Well, like I said, your value changes in what you find attractive too. Right. Also, too, I can't move passive enemies accent, dude. I've I've been doing that accent for life. That shit would fuck me up. You want to go to my bed? It's, it's actually kind of cute, Here, dude. Okay, so here's a lot of fucking crazy things about the Vietnamese culture from what I observed at the short time that I was in, right? So, like, I thought they were going to be conservative. Oh. I thought they were going to be more strict and all that because most of my Vietnamese-American friends um, are. Different generation, though. That was like, you know what I mean? That when they came to the States then and what they went through then now, completely different. Yeah. And, And when I went over there, dude, like two out of ten people had tattoos. A lot of people were tatted up. Like, and it's very common in the culture, moms, kids, whatever, like people are tatted the fuck up, right? And they work regular jobs with it. It's not like a bad, like stigma, but the I'm pretty sure the Vietnamese American community, it's still a stigma to yeah. be tatted up all, all the time and everywhere. And it's also because a lot of them came through, uh, well, obviously they were refugees and stuff, yeah. but you know, a lot of, you know, the Catholic religion fucking adhere to them really true, hard true you know yeah yeah that's true so that that probably culturally is just two different yeah. groups now you know and another thing that shocked me was how western and provocative the girls might have dressed and like and no one's batting an eye and i'm just like what the fuck these girls man i love it like booty shorts and all yeah very western you know like just like la girls and shit mm. and i wasn't expecting that i really wasn't i, I, I was expecting a more um reserved and like not socially liberal like yeah and sexually liberated culture i was like what the fuck like this is blowing my mind that's fucking crazy man yeah makes me want to be single and go there and see what happens it's an interesting experience man and and i think also like, i love you mario i'm just kidding <laughs> just not e- not only the dating scene is is so foreign i think it's one of those places where the only thing Western or American about it is the clothing, maybe. This podcast is brought to you by Away, baby. Away luggage, thoughtful luggage for modern travelers. Away luggage is the luggage of my choice. And I say this with the utmost confidence. It is actually my favorite luggage to carry on when I travel. I travel about, I say about 30% out of every month every year because I'm a traveling boy. Um, Majority of the time, I'm going to use a bigger carry-on, and the Away Travel bigger carry-on is the one that I use all the time. Uh, The compression straps are great. 
The wheels are amazing. It's super durable. Even though it feels like a soft plastic, it's so, so durable. I have mine in all black. It's sleek. It's modern. It looks great. And it it could hold a lot of things. And you'd be surprised about the design of the away luggage and how well it compartmentalizes the things that you need. Um, it came with laundry bag in it. And there's just a bunch of cool things that it comes with as well that a lot of luggages that I've had didn't really come with. Like, for example, let me just list a few things for you guys, all right? Um, there's an optional ejectable battery to keep your phone charged, which is really important for me. A removable laundry bag to separate dirty clothes from clean clothes. Freaking cool there's look you just 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 get the luggage man like it's 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 one of my favorite things to have uh and you'd be surprised too also with when you get luggage and you buy ones that aren't really good um you'll see how long it lasts i've been using the away luggage for a while now and it works just as good as the first day that i got it and i and i beat it up pretty bad so that's my uh personal anecdote and my um personal usage from it so uh i i love it uh if you guys want to get the bigger carry-on um i think it's a good move for people who do travel every now and then so check it out uh, for $20 off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com slash geniusbrain and use promo code geniusbrain during checkout, my friends. So one more time, for $20 off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com slash geniusbrain and use promo code geniusbrain during checkout. And you get a true experience of like, so America has so much of an influence all over the fucking world, right? So no matter what, we're exporting culture no matter what part of the world you're at. Vietnam, less than 1% of that country's tourism is Americans. Oh. So when you go there, nothing's catered to me. Yeah. I really felt like, oh shit. Like it's like I'm a, in a foreign country. It's a it's a communist wonderland, bro. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like opposite world for yeah. us. You know, like shit ton of Russians and Chinese and like former communist countries and like that's their vacation spot. Yeah. And I mean, there was French and Europeans, but like there are no, I don't hear any Americans. When I heard them, I just try to have a conversation with them. I'd started to miss English, you know? Yeah. And I'm just like, whoa, dude, this is like crazy. Like I, that's how I realized America, Americans can be so like entitled and American centric. Cause no matter where we go in the world, um, there's a piece of us. Yeah. You know? Because of how domineering our presence is all over the world. Yeah. And people understand us because of the because of our Hollywood and, and, and yeah. we export American culture so much and they're watching our news. So it's almost like they cater to us unintentionally. Yeah. Right? And then so when we go there, we almost expect the fact that everybody should kind of know English yeah. and all that. And then this is the first time where I'm just like, oh shit. Damn, dude, we we do run the world, but not here, man. Yeah, this is one place where, like, we're really don't we don't have a, a, a any power. Yeah, that's that's the 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 hard part for a lot of I think Americans when they when they go travel, and it's the stuff that we always see on Twitter. It's like the stuff that becomes really problematic is we're so used to being top dog that we go when we go into a country where we're not, we get offended. That they don't know that we're top dog. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. It's yeah. like, well, why don't you know this? What it's like when they when they speak English and they don't understand, they get frustrated. It's yeah. like, well, imagine how frustrating it is for them that you go to their country and you don't un- can't speak the language. It's yep. the other way around. You should be fr- frustrated at your 
lack of ability to speak the language of the country. Yeah. But that's just kind of like how we're bred here. It's like America's number one. Everybody should know English, American English too. Yeah. I was on this um, – it was so funny too. Like it's American English is so different from like British English too. Like the things that they say uh, – I was I was uh, shooting the show. I can't say what it's about yet. But one of the cast members is um, British. And she would just say shit. I'm like, that's not English. Like, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck you're saying, dude. She it's like, funny because they could understand us, but we can't understand them. Dude, she would say stuff, she would say stuff like, well, you know, when they're – so you have all these things ready for you, especially out there in the larder. And I'm like, the larder? I was like, the larder? What's the larder? She was like, oh, the pantry. And I'm like, what the fuck? You know, they, they're, so there's words that I just never heard of before. Like wow. the larder. The larder is the pantry. And I found out the reason why a lot of uh, American people can't do a British accent. Like I, my shit was popping when I was on set. but it's you got, copy it? Yeah, but now I haven't heard it in like three or four days. I, I completely lost it. Like the British English accent, the original English accent, uh, depending on where you're from, she has like that classic one that we always imitate. They round their words in the front and mm. pronounce all their consonants and they open their mouths. So for us, when we speak, we kind of muddle our words. Yeah. Like British is like, we go, hello. 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 It's all he, in the, So she was sitting there teaching me how to do a British accent. Hello. She goes, when you sp-, she goes I want you to say this. What are you going to have for lunch today? So even saying that, what? Yeah. What? what are you are you going to have for lunch today? They're throaty. It's very throaty. It's in the front of the mouth. Oh, and when so I was, they're throwing it from the top. Yeah, so it's really rounded, and the, the E's are really sharp, and they say all their consonants. And I was trying to speak like that all day. My fucking jaw got tired. It's exhausting. Damn. What are you going to have for lunch today? Is that why their teeth all fucked up? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> But it was interesting like uh i was talking to somebody else too that was it wasn't a cast member it was somebody else but this person was from the uk and they they were talking about kind of like just how how different it was and this person was an older person but we they were talking about just how how different things are here versus there right yeah uh speci- specifically food like our food and the amount of produce that we have when we're in california i think we take that for granted because of how accessible it is yeah. for us right because yeah. i th- dog i i saw this one thing that they were eating and it, you know british food i think has come a long way like in terms of like innovation and what it tastes like but if you saw the shit that it came from dog that shit is now na- like my, my thing is like yo, all these british white people you guys stole all these spices and you chose not to use any of it <laughs> Like, yo, what the fuck was that about? How you gonna fucking pillage India and then come back with all this shit and never use any of your spices? Did you know potatoes not even native to them? Oh, potatoes aren't native. No, so potato is from the New World. So it wasn't until oh. like Christopher Columbus and all uh, and everybody that started to come in, and then they got potato from natives, and then they brought it back. So before that, you know, they only had like wheat and breads. Really? Yeah. That's like and their, potatoes, like a huge fucking staple out there. The potato is like half their diet. You know, it to me, it's kind of remarkable how the Europeans in the cold survived. Yeah. Because the thing is, like, the more harsh your climate, like you know, like the Inuit or whatever, it's hard to get food. It's yeah. hard as fuck. That's why their food is so bland. And and you, what the hell can you grow out there? 
You can't grow shit. And then your winters are so damn long. You got to figure out how to preserve and all that. Mm -hmm. So if you think about Europe as a whole, right? Like there's not, well, spices and all that shit doesn't grow because all that shit comes from Southeast Asia. Mm -hmm. And um, the only thing they can do is cure their meats, salt shit, and they only got proteins and maybe, you know, bread. Yeah. And that's literally all their food. Dog, I saw this. Have you heard of this shit called jellied eel? You mean that canned? It's so it's like eel it, thing that they. It's like lutefisk, right? But it's oh, it's it's just it's eel that's been gelatinized with this with the with the whatever the collagen that was with, is within the eel. Yeah, and it's like this old English food that they eat, and it's it's jellied. It looks fucking disgusting. And so I asked this person, I was like, "So, I was like, have you had jellied eel?" She goes, "It's absolutely delicious." And I'm like, "Bitch, <laughs> you have lost your fucking mind. What you mean is delicious?" And mind you, I love this person. Like yeah. this woman, I I could be around for the rest of my life, and I love her. But when she said jellied eel is delicious, have and you I had it, I've I've seen it before, oh. and it's just it looks bland. Oh shit! Right. So I, if you guys go on YouTube, you'll see this video of this space, of the spot that's like really well known for this mince pie, mm, and and they put pie. like um, this parsley sauce over it, and they serve jellied eel. Now it sounds a lot better the way I'm explaining it, but if you see this video and you look it up, it looks like trash. And this man sitting there, he goes, "Well, he's like, my father was the first person to ever, you know, serve all this stuff, and you know, they really, really liked it." And I was like, first of all, dude, that shit looks like depression food." <laughs> and they still serve it the same way his dad made it like 60 years ago, and it looks like barf. And they fucking before they close that pie up with the pastry. They fucking just dump a bunch of hose water on it and they clean it up and they just full the steam. I was like, bitch, you season your food with water? Is that why your food tastes wow. so bland? I'm like, damn, dude. Like British food back in the day sucked. With the steam? They they said that like it's like so, it's so before they bake it, they make this weird little mince meat with it and yeah. they put it into this pie tin oh. and they put dump a bunch of fucking hose water in it and so they close up the do pie. Do they just add salt? Is that all? I guess. And I guess they're like, yeah, we we put water in it so it steams and it cooks. But I'm like, it looks like you just seasoned it with water, dude. Fucking white people, dude. Use some salt. <laughs> Use some fucking salt in your food, goddammit. So when you had traditional, uh, what is it, British food or yeah. whatever, like, was it way more bland and was it more mild and like, what was it? I mean, I don't know. Like when I, when I, when I had that food, I mean, it's, it's hard to say, right? So this like casserole mince pies and stuff, yeah. which I don't know how like typical this is to like UK food, but you know, it's like meat and potatoes, man. And it's, it's so that bland seems like me. that's all they eat out there. Yes. Well, I do feel like the rest of the world doesn't have like strong flavor like america whether i mean like even american white people food right yeah. it's very fatty very salty every time i go all over the world it's never as intense as it is out here oh our portions are ridiculous here too. our por yeah portions are huge like it's super salty or super fatty or whatever and all over asia even in in in, in i guess like in europe i've only been to france so i wouldn't know the other stuff but they say french food is fattier but i don't think it's as intense as american food well it's because it's fattier but the portions are right mm. you know because yeah i understand what they mean fattier because there's a lot of butter in their shit oh. it's very decadent but they're also not giving you a fucking four pound plate of whatever they're serving i see so um i was watching this other podcast i forgot who but he's from like new zealand and he was talking about how in new zealand 
like he comes over here. He goes, I have a fast metabolism, but if I didn't, I'd be fucked. Yeah. He goes, because the portions here are ridiculous. He goes, I forget that when you order order things here, just expect to be gargantuan. Because he's not he's not used to that shit. Yeah, that's he's like, true. He's talking about nachos. He goes, like, your nachos are ridiculous. Yeah. Here. He goes, no they're, they're, they're made for one person, but it should feed like two or three. That's true. That's true. Yeah, it's crazy. Because when I was out in Vietnam, um, you know, the portions are much smaller. But I saw those little fucking baby ass bitch stools you were sitting yeah. on, dude. How the fuck did you sit on that, dude? I would destroy those things. Dude, you're going to have a blast doing It's all the baby chairs. Like, they sell those for babies here. They're kindergarten chairs. <laughs> you're going to be, a lot of the restaurants are like that, dude. When, when I travel to v- uh, Vietnam, I'm going to bring my own chair. Like, one of those small portable <laughs> ones. I have to because I'm so large. I have one that's tied to a backpack. You could just open it and then it turns into That's a chair. Because yeah. I saw that shit. I know for a fact I'm going to break it. And I would feel terrible if I broke that little chair. So I have to bring like my own chair and carry it around. <laughs> You're going to have a fucking blast, dude. I haven't. So for 12 days, I didn't eat the same meal twice. Like, there's, so, there's so much food over there, dude. That's the variety. Like that's what I love about Asia is there's so much variety, right? Like sure, it might be similar like noodle soup, but the variety is just endless. Yeah. And I still left not eating everything that I wanted to. It's just, it depends on what region you go to, too. Like, yeah. Vietnamese food is very varied. If you go to, um, just even like the Vietnamese food that we have in the SGV, if you go to the OC, way different. Yeah, like there's the, more variety. Because the OC is a, it's very representative of Viet, Vietnamese cuisine because mm-hmm. every spot in like the OC is different. Some spot, some spots would be like Nachang where they have like the seafood and shit yeah. and the other spot is not. So it all it's like more pork based, and the, it, that's why I love the OC's Vietnamese food. It's so fucking good, dude. And I was mind blown because in Vietnam, I think it's better. Yeah, oh, and that's just kind of crazy because I don't know, man. There's something about it. Um, I feel like the Asian taste buds too. The way that they run food out, even in Japan and everywhere, it's a little more toned down than out yeah. here. So same thing with like everything's saltier here. Everything's more whatever that, you know, like out there, it's not. Yeah. So, yeah, I ended up like losing a pound or two, but then I felt better. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, man, I want to go back. So if you go back, I'm going to go back. <laughs> I'll meet you there. Like Vietnam is one of those spots too. Like I've always wanted, like I grew up with the shit that I've been these people my whole life. That's yeah. why, you know, even when you met, you know, I, I knew a bunch of Vietnamese shit is yeah. because- all, literally all the girls I did were Vietnamese. It's my top five favorite foods, like oh. hands down. Vietnamese food is fucking amazing. Like I'm eating Vietnamese food, if not two times a week or at least once. Like, yeah. I, I have to. It's something I grew up with. It's like comfort food to me. Yeah. You know, at first when I first started off eating Vietnamese food, I was only eating like pho. And then uh, then I started, you know, expanding out into like hutils and then fucking bun riu, you know. Uh, I ate all that shit. Yeah. You had no, all that it, shit. Man. You had like bun zeo, I had it had, with snail. Bun riu oh. with snail. That sounds fucking dope. Yeah. Like I, I, Vietnamese food is so varied. Like Mariel used to hate Vietnamese food. Really? Because she only had Korean pho. That fucking dis- that disgusting shit. They don't even boil like bones in that. It's, I think it's fucking whack, man. It's like like, water and MSG. Korean pho is fucking whack, and so uh, that's what that was her perception of Vietnamese food. But then she had shit like 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 bun sale. Oh wow, you know, bun can. Like she had, he had all this other shit she didn't really like bun bail, and she fucking. Loved it. She goes, "This is Vietnamese food." I was like, "Yeah, man. Like yeah. You, you've only had pho, and pho is delicious if you have a good bowl of pho. Yeah. But if you're not like expanding out, 
then you're missing out on this whole fucking flavor spectrum, dude. Mm-hmm. The French's influence on Vietnamese food is unreal, oh, yeah. dude. Like even even uh, a bun mi. Bun mi is a fucking French baguette with pate inside. And they make it so fresh. Yeah. So fresh break, baked bread, everything every day. It's And the ingredients that they use so good because it's like farm to table. Yeah. But if you've never been to a <laughs> developing country window before. Window to table, dude. They fucking slaughter this chicken right bro. in front of it's that yeah you go to the fucking market and they have a butcher shop yeah meat all open yeah under the sun flies all over that motherfucker there you're gonna see some shit where you're like this might give me a stomach ache did you get diarrhea out there um i think i have what i call third world intestines okay (laughs) (laughs) this motherfucker fine he's like "Mm, i'm okay well because okay right so like you know, like there's the gut biome, right? And yeah. I think like when you get introduced to a certain bacteria of that region, I've been to Southeast Asia like four or five times now or something. You're fine after that. Yeah, I probably had diarrhea when I went to Thailand and all this stuff before, but your just body memorizes it. I had bloating the first day, diarrhea like for like one shit. After that, smooth sailing. And people were like, don't drink the ice. You got to drink bottled water every single time. Don't drink tab. Don't do this. Don't do that. And I'm all like, fuck it, bro. Fuck. If <laughs> I die, I die. Fuck it. <laughs> if I die, I die. I don't give a fuck. You fucking lost your mind. I would never do that shit, dude. You know what? I saw my friend do it. And I'm like, man, you've been here for 15 years. You, you survived. Yeah. If he was scared. Because I mean, like people in Tijuana, right? They'll say, yeah. don't drink the fucking tap. And the locals won't drink the tap. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a sure sign. Yeah, when I see the locals do it, I'm like, well, fuck, I just need the bacteria. That's fucking. But I had two friends who went to the who were pretty much almost going to the hospital because the ice that they drank or whatever. And I'm like, you just got weak stomachs. That's why I think you're just built as a different human being, dude. You're that's fucking crazy, dude. There's no way I'm going to Vietnam and be like everybody's like, hey, only drink bottled water. You're like, fuck you, bitches. (laughs) I'm gonna drink it. You fucking maniac. Yeah, but also it's like my friends that are like expat Americans, they go to these fucking restaurants. They're fine. Yeah. You know, like they said that they, they don't even eat at places if, if a friend doesn't introduce them. So they don't do this thing where you're like, mm, that place. Yeah. Cause they're like, you don't know the rapport. You don't know they're using mystery meat. Like some of them, they're just like trying to make ends meet and they're just going to do things, you know, but like there's word of mouth. Right. And then people are like, that place is good. You know, I know that family, like that's how people start, I guess, like finding places out there. Yeah. So if you see, man, I fucking ate Bunreal, a uh, fucking noodle soup at a tire shop, dude. Oh, and that place was so grimy. It's literally a fucking mechanic shop. So imagine a place by day, they do tire work on scooters. And at night, it's a it's a noodle restaurant. They just lay out big fucking uh what do you call those 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 big pots yeah they got the stock going they just fucking set that shit up and they set up tables and chairs people do that shit it's literally their house and then the front yeah. of their house is the restaurant yeah it's that's literally what it is yeah and i had fuck i had a roach crawl up my leg i'm just eating food i'm just kicking that fucker off i don't give a fuck there's flies whatever man but that kind of shit will turn a lot of people off i think that's the type of shit I want to go to, because I like that shit. Because it makes me feel like I'm out of my element. Yeah, that's but it, the food's so fucking good. You're not focusing on the roach on your fucking toe. <laughs> that's fucking funny. I 100 percent agree. Are you gonna have a bunch of vlogs, dude? I got yeah, I got a lot, dude. You were there for two fucking weeks, man. I know. 
Yeah, I got about 11 days worth of vlogs. So, shit, I can't wait to get them out. That's yeah. fucking crazy, man. Too fucking, you're just living it up, dude. This little single and just going about traveling the fucking world, yeah, I've dude. I've been trapped for five years, okay? <laughs> I think I deserve it. I've been running a fucking company, giving my life to them first, so. I cut out my white anchor. Just fucking. <laughs> yep. And it's fucking been the best. It's interesting though. I think like some people when they take their breakups, like some people take it very poorly, but some people take it in stride. Like some people we know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting at home and fucking cry like a little bitch at all day. <laughs> yeah. Well it's like I, I think for you, like you've been you've always been able to like car- compartmentalize your feelings and what's going on. It's like okay. And it, and it's not like for you when you when you broke up with her, it, it happened overnight. There no. was a process, there was a step to it, and then... Yeah, we lived together for, like, almost two months after the breakup, and, and we cried together, we were there for each other, we were able to, like, ease out of the pain, you know? Yeah. And I think I was just ready to fucking be in charge of just myself. I think you've been ready for a while, man. I yeah. think, like, even though for you, like, uh, you can... You, you have this ability to to cut out bullshit really well, but you do have a really big heart, so it's still very hard. There's like yeah, this, man. there's this, there's this, this want of you know what you want to do, but it's you're also somebody else who just you're not gonna watch somebody drown in front of you and not help them out. That's that's just not in your fucking blood, you know. I think to a certain extent, it just became really detrimental to you, yeah, because you were giving up so much of yourself and not checking up on yourself that you thought that okay, well, I got all these people on my back, like not in that type of way, but that you're carrying their weight yeah and if you left them out you would feel like a fucking like a chauncey ass motherfucker you know (sighs) yeah that's the thing man is i don't like to uh i don't like to give up on people that i care about yeah right and i felt that you know leaving or breaking up or whatever i thought that was failing on on the relationship in us yeah but i'm i'm super thankful that she brought it up and she realized it and she saw that it was inevitable like it was just a downward spiral Cause I think the my the, the, just my personality is I don't give up when I just go I just go until it works. Yeah, and sometimes that's a stupid way to approach life. Yeah, because you don't you don't have an end game. You don't know when when to say okay this isn't working. Like I don't like to admit to it because to me that's failure. Yeah. I just want to keep fighting until it wins. And then after that, I was like, that's exactly when my buddy from Vietnam, Danny Doe, he was like, hey man, like um, I went through a similar situation. And he's like, come to Vietnam. And he's like, I've been trying to get you to come here in the last 10 years. I made a life for myself. Then he's like, I have no friends out here, please. Somebody speak English to it's, me. It's, he was one of the original members of JK. And he helped us like build a film team. Oh, that's like, and, he, he's the one who did. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, man. So it was like, a, it was such a good story because, man, there's so much more we can talk about. But like, it's like he had to do what he had to do. And I think he's still fucking guilty about this because for the first four days I was there, he would not shut the fuck up about it. And I was like, Danny, I accept your decision. It's been 15 fucking years, bro. Like, like move on. And he's like, nah, bro, you don't understand. I felt bad. So basically he was apologizing for the first four fucking days that he abandoned us. So we did pretty well for ourselves. He just kept making reasons why he had to move to Vietnam. and, uh, And I was like... Danny, like, I think you're hurt more than I am. Yeah. Because he's like, yeah, he's like, at the time, you know, like, I felt like I was leaving you guys. And I'm not, I'm not like that. Like, I just, you know, I just, like, I just had dreams of being a director. And I'm like, we accept it. Yeah. We moved on, you know, like, and, and, and so then I realized that I just got to let him talk. 
And every day he would bring he it up. He said to get rid of that guilt. He had so much guilt. And that's when I realized that this is a really true friend that I did not appreciate. Yeah. Because I didn't realize how much it hurt him that he had to leave JK and create a life for himself. And he's doing really fucking well out there. Yeah. He did a feature film. He's doing another one this April. Um, and he's working with this huge pop star out there named like Sunton or some shit like that. I forgot yeah. his name. But um, he, yeah, dude, like he's doing great. And I'm just like hella proud of him. But the the amount of guilt that he was carrying and he's like, I just wanted you guys, you and Bart to come to Vietnam and us. And you see like what it was all worth it that I left JK to do this. And I'm like, man, it doesn't even matter, dude. It's like, hey, Danny, he's like, I haven't thought about you once <laughs> since you left. I was like, I only thought about you now because you hit me up. Other than that, I literally if you died, I would have never known. But yeah, but he was in a he was in a toxic relationship too, mm. and then well, his ended up pretty bad in a way where like he got cheated on and all that stuff. Eesh. And I was like, yeah, that's rough, man. But he's like, you. He's like, I know the I know the right thing that you need. And then he he brought me out, and he man, this guy he set everything up for me. I didn't have to fucking think. That's man. his apology tour, dude. Dude, he fucking. I literally walked in. He was my tour guide. He was my, he set up all the meals, everything. Like he thought of everything ahead. And I'm so fucking thankful because that was the first time when I was able to just take a ride in someone's backseat because I'm always in control for something, you know, like whenever I'm vacationing or whatever, it's like someone's looking at me. Hey, what are we going to do next? What are you going to do that? Can you choose what the food or whatever? Like, what do you think? What do you think? People have to look at me and. And I have to make a decision. And I didn't realize, like, oh, I wanted to be taken care of from time to time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, that's what a vacation was. Like, vacation was just always us trying to plan shit out, you know? It's yeah. like, fuck, man, I don't even want to do that. Sometimes I just want to, like, I've been on set for two weeks. I've been on set for two weeks. Right when I got back, I just started unpacking, uncleaning, setting up this office. So it's like, fuck, When man. can you get a break, right? Yeah, it's yeah. Like, like, I'm, you know, I can't. Yeah, because you know Thanksgiving is starting, so we got to rack up these fucking podcasts, and mm-hmm. you know, which which I like doing the podcast. It's just more along the lines of like, fuck, I got so much shit to get done, I can't even believe it. For sure, and I, I haven't really thought about like the time to really develop what we have to do um, in terms of like our personal lives. Yeah, and that shit has always been pushed to the wayside, and I think. It, well, here's the thing too. Like, I do understand there's a give and take because when I don't work, I don't make money. And so when I chose not to work, it was when I was the most broke. Yeah. But that now that I've been working a lot more, being more proactive, like you know, money is getting better now. Now I'm not. Now I'm not sweating my ass off. Yeah. Because before I was. And like, it makes you relax. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's it's like it's like which stress do I want? The poor people stress or do do I want like not enough time stress? Oh man. You know, because poor people stress was rough. But when you take a little break, I feel like it, it's it's kind of like a – it makes me feel grateful about what I have back home. Because oh, yeah. I take a break and I'm like, this is awesome. He goes, wait, it's all thanks to all the work that I put in that I can enjoy this. It's all thanks to the people that are listening. It's all thanks to all this shit. When you're in the fucking mix, man, you just like – it's hard to see that, right? But when you're when you're outside looking in, you're just like, oh, I can't wait to get back and fucking – come up with more shit and then like yeah i think it's it's hell important kind of like you can't just keep working out working out you gotta you gotta sleep you gotta rest you gotta yeah. take your breaks well i always talk about this and i think this has been like a really good perspective that i've been taking on a lot of things and when when, when we were working on set and there was this girl that i met there and what i really liked about her too was like she's a very successful actress right 
but her route to her success was very long and arduous and she was childhood actor whatever mm-hmm. and things just didn't pan out for her the way that she did so she finally she finally popped off at like 36 35 right but people don't know she's been acting since she was nine fucking years old wow you know and so for her like i remember when we were we were shooting this and Damn. While, well she's already on like a couple of very successful shows like she's fucking really successful now but when we were wrapping this up uh, she started tearing up. Like, she was sad that, that we were wrapping up the show. Because the food was so good. <laughs> no, mm. let me, don't even get me started on the food. <laughs> but, like, she was sad. And I was like, well, are you crying? You know? And she kind of said, she's just like, you know, I've, I've been doing this thing for a long time. And she goes, like, she's very, she goes, I'm just grateful that I get to do this. She goes, I know people who are actors and actresses that they have been putting in the work just as long as I have and they still haven't caught their break. Yeah. But I caught my break and yeah. now I'm doing a second and a third show. And now... It's all about perspective. You know, for yeah. her. So she, even though she's been through this process before of, of shooting a pilot, it still makes her very emotional that she could look around and say like, damn, I'm getting paid to do this. Like before I was doing the same thing and not getting paid, yeah. hoping that I get a fucking break. And it finally happened and it keeps happening for me over and over now because now my foot's in the fucking door. Yeah. And that that perspective of being grateful, even though you're getting to do what you do, if you take a step back and like, fuck, what else could I be doing right now? Yeah. Like I don't, I don't, I complain about small shit, but I never complain about the position that I'm in because I wouldn't be here if I didn't have these opportunities, you know, and I think that was so cool to see. Like when I look at her, I'm like, I'm trying to be where you're at. Yeah. But for her, but even for her, she feels even more gratitude than I did. And that's a good person to kind of take the lead from. Cause what I noticed is it's so important to be around people that you want to share that energy with. Cause I, I, man, you know, like I was very unemotional, so I didn't really pay attention to how the people around me can affect me. Because, yeah. you know, in my head, I'm like, well, fuck everybody, I think for myself, but I'm unaware of their influence that they have around me. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, I want to surround myself around people who are, like, either more grateful than I am, or if I notice someone that is being ungrateful, I I limit the amount of time that I spend with him, and I limit the amount of time of trying to work on them to get grateful yeah i think i spent way too much fucking time trying to fix other people yeah for me it's like all right fuck that dude um i just gotta work and figure out who are the people that i want to spend more time with and who are the people that are like really grateful and everyone else like i'll I'll be there for them but they gotta fucking get to my level i'm not gonna boost them up anymore yeah i think there's there's this there's a point that that we have to find it's like how much can i be quote-unquote a good friend by definition in terms of me trying to be there for somebody yeah. to the point where the other side is like, how much can you take from me before I snap? Yeah. Because when I think like, uh, that's what happens to a lot of like, I think cause you and I also both grew up in a religious family. Yeah. I think putting people, putting other people's needs before ours is just natural for us. Yeah. Cause As, it's kind of sinful to be selfish. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So for us, when we, when we do that, it, it it does make us feel good that we could help these people. That's the the trade off that we get. But there's this point of no return where you're just like, oh shit! Now I'm being drained every fucking day. Because you become a pastor. Yeah, <laughs> and and that's what happens. Yeah. It's like, oh shit! And, you know, and I always tell my really close friends, it's like, yo, always hit me up when you need something. I'll be there. And if I get exhausted, I'll let yeah. you know. But um, 
let me find that medium for myself. You don't have to worry about that because I want us to be good friends. Yeah. If I say like, hey, I can't help you out on that right now, it's because I'm emotionally exhausted and I wouldn't be any help for, help for you because I can't I can't respond. You might even take your frustration on them. <laughs> exactly. Like, I don't, I don't want to fucking do that. <laughs> It'll be like, you know what? This is a perfect opportunity to tell you, shut up. You're yeah. fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be the shut the fuck up. Your problems aren't nothing type of friend. Yeah. You know? So if I'm, if I'm emotionally exhausted. <laughs> the truth though, in most cases, it's it's nothing. Yeah. We, we do have a lot of problems that are absolutely fucking nothing. And most of the time, we just need somebody to listen. Yeah. But I got to be ma- mentally prepared to listen because mm-hmm. if I'm not at that point, then you're you're just going to get shit from me. And I don't want to be that friend. So it's like, you know, we have to really find and balance that out. And I think for us this year, we're finding that, you know, we've, 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 we're, we're giving a lot now. And for us, we need that time to just kind of do our own thing and, you know, enjoy what we're doing. Like, I think this podcast was a really good move for us yeah. because it's 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 our own thing. Yeah. It's, it's fun, too. You know, and we, we're watching this grow yep. constantly, and uh, it's 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 been a really good blessing too. Because I've I've always been doing the short format stuff without being able to fully explain myself, mm-hmm. and that has been the 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 weird thing. It's like, oh, yo, people people like long content. They do, and I'm glad that people actually like long content mm-hmm. now. Because before it was like, how do I get a three minute video out and tell and tell my perspective on this? It's too I, limiting, man. Yeah, yeah. It's it, and you. I think the whole point is like you got to do what your personality is best at doing and you can thrive in that and you can express yourself the best way possible. Because mm-hmm. for some people, that three-minute mark might be really good for them or like, you know, we got the Vine kids and whatever, like the Instagram story kids, right? Like they're they're really fucking good at that. Yeah. So people just got to like get in where they fit in. And um, I like, I like this too. Like I like talking for long ass periods and just going off on crazy rants and shit like that. So yeah, I mean, that's like our, I think, I think that's why the podcast shit works really well for us because before man, I was like, fuck man, I I can't really explain myself. Like I need to say my shit. Fuck. Well, you know, that actually wraps this episode up. Uh, Speaking of talking fucking long, but anyways, guys, uh, yeah, that's this episode of the genius brain podcast. Thank you very much. Uh, Remember every Thursday and Sundays we're up. Uh, if you guys want us to talk about certain topics, leave it in the comments below. Oh, yeah. And then you can catch us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Remember, this podcast, we just talk about anything and everything. We don't really have like direct topics, really. Depends on what we think about at the time. But we're just here to be with you on your commute in your everyday lives. Uh, thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you all next time. Goodbye. Shit. <laughs>